Money FM 89.3. Best of your money. Money and me on your money. Only on Money FM 89.3. Welcome to Money and Me. I'm Michelle Martin. Today we're investing a few minutes to understand a concept that could just make you feel a lot better this Tuesday in case you're back at work and feeling the Tuesday blues after a long weekend. It's also said to improve physical well-being, sense of purpose, sleep patterns, mental clarity, focus and improved interpersonal relationships. Do I have your attention? Also, you know, with the cryptocurrency crash, I was talking to a lot of investors over the weekend, and there's a lot of concern about the mental wellness of investors involved, unused to this sort of, you know, roller coaster rides in the crypto market. So today I thought we'd spend some time learning about how mindfulness can help us as professionals with an absolute expert. In fact, he's built a business around it. And maybe you two have always wanted to learn how to grow an online community or build a business on the whole theme of mindfulness. Well, we have some tips for you from Han E. Lim. He's founder of the Mindful Village. The Mindful Village offers live online courses taught by certified mindfulness instructors. Han E. Lim, good morning. Good morning, Michelle. How are you? Doing well. So, tell me, why build a company around the theme of mindfulness? Sure. I think it's less about mindfulness and more about the people that we serve, busy professionals, and what are some of the issues and objectives that they're trying to achieve. So, for example, I mean, you mentioned a lot about the volatility and just getting burnt out and stressed out. And so we really want to help busy professionals really enhance their sense of purpose and the way they live their lives uh, in a mindful way. And of course, mindfulness is one of our key value uh, in terms of the activities and programs that we offer to them. Okay, so is it fair to say that you are a mindfulness coach yourself and then you built this business? Yes, I am a coach and I'm also in a way a customer myself, right? So this really spawned out from the, the two years of COVID. So as we were coaching a lot, running all these different virtual activities and we realized the need to sort of pause and slow down and really be mindful ourselves. And so from there, we realized that there's probably going to be a lot of people out there who are also in need of such value. And so we decided to leverage on technology uh, and building this uh, global digital platform that will help us really open open up the accessibility and reach out to people really all around the world. Okay, so tell me about, you know, what's involved in starting a global online community. There might be listeners out there and they too want an e-commerce business, but that's based on having a tribe, a community online. So maybe walk us through what you think is important to think about if anybody out there wants to start a global online community. Sure. So online global community, I think it starts with C, community, right? And at the heart of it is about people. So who are we speaking to? What are their needs? Uh, this is almost business one-on-one, right? And sometimes mm. we just have to remind ourselves. And so we want to help busy professionals. They have busy lives and they want to have all these effective strategies and know-hows to help them cope and also to enhance the way they live their lives. Uh, and so as long as the purpose is clear, mm-hmm. right? And then, of course, as a business, then you can start putting your team together, right? The people around you, whether they're the marketers, the designers, the instructors, and then, of course, their processes, right? So whether you use technology, whether it's customer relationship management, so all this all interweaving uh, into a very simple approach to how to put a business together, 
Uh, and of course, with technology going online and growing global, if it's anything, the two years, right, the world is really becoming your oyster, right? So your voice can almost reach out to people in the US, in Australia, in Europe. And so definitely leveraging on that. So I want to ask, you are planning to reach out to the busy professional. So why expect them to commit to a live online eight-week course? So, yeah, so they are busy. So eight weeks is one of the programs that we offer. Mm. So for, for schedule-wise, if they come in eight weeks, we have four weeks and we also have weekly activities as well. So it really depends on what their commitment level is. And sometimes we are also of that mind that it's not so much about schedule, but really of priorities, right? Can we make time, one hour a day to take better care of ourselves, right, in such challenging circumstances? And for some people, the realization is, yes, and certainly they're not doing enough to take care of themselves. And so we guide them through this very structured approach, walking them through to bring mindfulness into their daily living. Uh, and so that's really our approach. So we have a few different things for different people. And so right. with technology, we also have guided sort of do-it-yourself practices as well who cannot afford the eight weeks. So different, different strokes for different folks. Okay, so you've come up with different programs. You don't have to commit eight weeks. You could sign up for a workshop. You could watch something online at your, at your leisure as well, right? Yes, and you can even go for walks. You can also go for mindful eating sessions that we organize. So a whole range of different activities. Okay, I want to come back to the founder's experience. You know, take us behind the scenes of what is really involved in building a business like this. How do you go from, did you start with a business plan? You seem to focus on purpose and then execution, right? Or was it pretty simple because during COVID, you were doing recordings, you were working online, and so this transition to... Being a startup founder online, was it pretty seamless or were there some challenges that you've been able to learn from? <laughs> I would, it was, it's definitely been an adventure and I think there are two words to describe how we've approached this okay. endeavor. Mm. I think the first is, uh, I mean, really design thinking, right? Who are our customers? Again, coming back to that sound practice and trying to understand them and what are their needs. And while there are a lot of busy professionals out there, we also use our own experiences as sort of fodder for this design thinking, putting together this, this customer, right? So that's the first approach. And then the second approach is really rapid prototyping. I don't think that there's anybody who has an elixir that has a foolproof business plan. Turnkey, turnkey, global e-commerce <laughs> business. <laughs> That's what we all want. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Bites definitely will work. So we keep refining and of course through feedback, we continue to improve our product, our user experience and all of that. But I think amidst all of all these things to improve, I think that's where our own uh, experiences as mindful practitioners is to be centered, to be grounded because it's very easy to get lost in the shuffle, right? Yeah. What is our purpose? Who are we serving? How are we helping? And is it profit-driven, right? So there's a lot of competing demands. I think nobody yeah. needs mindfulness more than would-be entrepreneurs who are listening in, you know, because entrepreneurship is, is difficult, right? From the, what do I build my business on? point of view and a lot of people get lost in the ideation process for example Uh, I wonder if you have some ideas on mindfulness tips perhaps for the entrepreneur so I think it's quite valuable for entrepreneurs to cultivate that personal practice, right, of mm. uh, formal mindful practices because it's like developing a muscle, like going to the gym, right? So just like a, a physical muscle. So when mm. you're in a thick and thin, when you're making a pitch to investors or you're putting together your business plan, you can remember to, you know what, lunchtime, 
10 minutes, let me just be silent, let me sit down, let me catch my breath, let me connect with my breath, and just slow down, right? And, and simple routines becomes habits, and we all know we're all creatures of habits, right? So if our, our habits uh, set us up for excellence and performance, then we are better in a better position to make more effective decisions for the company, how we channel our finances, our time, and our people, for example. So you work with... So it's in the daily routines. Yeah. You have to make it a routine. You have to build it into your day. And does it matter if you're doing five minutes or 15 minutes? And I assume you mean mindfulness practice. You mean some sort of meditative practice where you sort of disconnect from your usual way of thinking? Well, it's not so much of disconnecting, but being becoming aware and tuning into your experience, right? And I think the key here is consistency. It doesn't matter whether it's even just one minute, three minutes, five minutes. Just try to be consistent, mm-hmm. right? And then, of course, you can slowly build momentum and increase the practices uh, so that your muscle becomes stronger and more well-developed. And finding the right time of the day, right? The mm-hmm. start, the middle, the end of the day, completely up to you. And our village offers different resources for that as well. So it doesn't matter whether it's five minutes, 10 minutes, 15 minutes, you're not of the, you know, because you hear some master meditators are doing four hours. Yes. So, uh, but I think for people who are relatively new, Mm. uh, I think five minutes is a good rhythm to begin with. Because, I mean, from a practical, for the busy professionals, I'm sure we can find five minutes in the busy eight hour, 10 hour, or even 12 hour work day. (laughs) Yeah, it's what, what, you're, what to do during that five minutes that I think is intriguing. Is it about thinking your way into not thinking or as you say, it's sort of being aware? What are you being aware of? Since I have a mindfulness expert, I mean, what are some practices that we can start to use today? Sure. So there's one simple practice that we can do within the five minutes, right? It's simply to count our breaths. Right, so each breath is a cycle. There's the in and the out breath, right? And so as we sit here, Michelle, as you're listening and we're talking, I just invite you to just listen to your breath and counting your breath. How many cycles can you keep track of Mm. without losing count, without getting distracted to something else? If you get to eight counts, good, and then you repeat the cycle. If you lose track, you get distracted, then you just go back to zero. And you just keep practicing in this way. Just count my breath. Just count your breath. In and out. That's it. Yes. For five minutes. Yes, it's kind of boring. Thanks, right? (laughs) (laughs) We look for fancy things, right? But actually, the simple things are the ones that are the most profound. All right. So you you train with mindfulness-based stress reduction. You trained in that with John Zinn, who's a very famous uh, name, John Kabat-Zinn, right? That's right. So he's the founder of this program, MBSR, Mindfulness-Based Stress Reduction. Uh, And so a lot of the modern-day mindfulness that we know of, all the various types of programs, uh, the majority of them are actually uh, adapted from MBSR. It's a secular program. Okay. So, you know, us Singaporeans, we like to learn and we like to get very good at something. So do you really need training in mindfulness is my question. You mean to be an instructor? or No, as in to be good at it. Ah, to be good at it. It's just like a muscle, right? If you don't practice it, you don't develop it. And so, of course, are you practicing it in the correct way? Are you doing the right exercises? Because if you're doing the wrong exercises, you could get hurt and you could lose out from that support. And you may be less effective in the way you develop this muscle. So it's a very simple concept. Yeah. So there's definitely a, a value to practicing with support, with guidance, uh, and you can get good at it. Okay, so I actually meditate twice a day. 
and I can sense oh, a difference in my day if I miss out on my, I, call, I just call it quiet time. And mm. I let myself just notice what I'm thinking about. And I try to, I try to stay quiet. I try. <laughs> it's not mm. easy. But I wonder if you can share with me your experience of how mindfulness has changed lives. Because I know you work with whole hosts of, you know, executives and businesses. So what is your experience of how mindfulness can really impact a life? Yeah. So I think really relating to your own experience, right, Michelle, I mean, recognizing how busy our minds are. And so some people call it the monkey mind, right? So as we actually listen to ourselves, wow, I realize my mind's all over the place, scatterbrained, to-do lists, decisions to make, emails to complete. And that's been very much my life as a working professional as well. But I think in those quiet times, as I also meditate, I one of the biggest upside is that I become clearer of what are my priorities right right so they're all competing priorities right mm. and so it's a matter of just listing okay you know what i have 10 competing priorities okay let's be clear what is the number one priority right and then okay i and that clarity as things settle down is something that i get a lot of value from my own personal practice and it's five minutes as i start to listen to myself okay you know what there's a lot of things to do but i just want to just be still be quiet i can even go for a walk or mm. have a meal with myself mm. as i listen to myself and let things settle down things naturally for me become clearer. You know what? Okay, I really need to make that phone call. I really need to have that conversation with my colleague. I really need to give this person feedback, etc. Right? So I think that's in a very practical way. For me, it, it becomes, it helps me make better decisions. That's a good nutshell. We're speaking with Han Ilim, founder of The Mindful Village. We'll be back after this message from our sponsors. You're with your money. Weekdays, 9 a.m. to noon, only on Money FM 89.3. Start your financial journey with Moomoo. Backed by an intuitive and powerful investing platform that offers real-time quotes, we're the first global digital brokerage to offer no fees, including zero commissions forever, zero data fees, and one-year free platform fees when you trade U.S. stocks. Moomoo, the number one choice to trade U.S. market and beyond. Download the Moomoo app now and get one free share worth up to $1,000. Terms and conditions apply. This advertisement has not been reviewed by the Monetary Authority of Singapore. Money and Me on Your Money, only on Money FM 89.3. Welcome to Money and Me. Back with me, Michelle Martin. And Han E. Lim is my guest today. He's founder of the Mindful Village. I thought today we'd take some time to learn about how being mindful can help us as busy professionals. And maybe you've always wanted to grow an online community, build a business on the theme of mindfulness. I asked Han Elim for some tips earlier in the program to do just that. Elim, welcome back to the program. I wonder if you can share a little bit about whether or not there's certification courses on your site, the Mindful Village. So I understand you've started eight-week online programs. Uh, what's being offered to your customers? Sure. So we offer 
various programs and we use this framework called four pillars of full engagement. So there's mm. emotional, mental, physical and spiritual. When I say spiritual, more of purpose and less of religious, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and so we use that to rate different activities that we believe will help people reset, renew and revive themselves, especially for busy professionals. So mindfulness plays a key role and one product that we offer is the mindfulness-based stress reduction because we believe that will help people uh, renew their emotional energy, their spiritual even, and their mental energy, and even their physical energy as they embark on this eight-week journey. So that's one form of it. We have four-week programs. We have weekly programs as well. Every Monday, every Friday morning, we have morning uh, mindfulness sessions guided by our globally-based instructors. Okay, so I once took a retreat. You used to have to travel to do courses like yours. So I remember being a week away in San Francisco and part of what we were doing was a silent part of the day, you know, and it was so difficult because I felt like talking around the dinner table was just, you know, something that we're accustomed to doing. It's become a habit, right? So to not talk and share a meal seemed really difficult. And I understand you have a full day of silence that's baked into some of your programs. Is that right? Yes, so as part of the MBSR eight-week program, after week six, we actually embark on a full-day silent retreat. Yes, it is not always the easiest experience and can be quite uncomfortable for some people, right, who are sort of used to a different way of eating or spending their day. But just bear in mind that it happens after six weeks of training. So Mm. it's almost like a newbie does have some experience as we build on that and we give them the support to then eventually enter into this experience. Okay, so let's backtrack a little bit. You're founder of the Mindful Village. Tell me, you you previously served as a naval combat officer for 15 years, formerly a national sailor for Singapore. How did entrepreneurship pop into your life? Why take that turn, that pivot? Well, sort of marrying my passion and my interest for human experiences in terms of how to realize potential. So in the military, we are trained to perform under pressure, right? And so I've always been very interested in that, but also how to sustain human performance. So it's one thing to get people to raise their game. It's also another challenge to keep them in the top of their game, right? And I think that applies to not only soldiers, to athletes, but certainly to business leaders. And so that's something that has really drawn me to this industry or this practice. And I realized that there's an opportunity to make this into not only a community, but a sustainable business in many ways. And so fast forward over 10 years later, I'm still still doing this. (laughs) So very privileged. (laughs) You know, I remember whether it was, you know, athletics seriously in school, I used to run in school, or whether it was martial arts later in life, which was a passion for me. Um, This whole idea of being in the flow, which uh, Mikhail Csikszentmihalyi first, you know, brought to the world, this idea of being in flow, being in a mindful state, I found personally really interesting. And I'm wondering whether you had any uh, similar experiences as a national sailor of how mindfulness impacted performance. Yes, 
absolutely. So it's interesting you brought the flow term, right? Unfortunately, he passed away recently. Right. So and I think actually mindfulness is a key. So we design a methodology that enables people to tap into or cultivate flow experiences, certain wow. thoughts at work. Uh, and I think one of the key things is about letting go, right? So, so for an athlete, for example, if you didn't do well in the previous race, you got to let go. The most important race is the current race, right? And so, so it, it is in business. I mean, you can't change how the business has done last year or the last quarter. Your current focus is now and the future, right? So letting go and being able to then refocus, redirect that energy. That has actually become difficult because a lot of people are actually still locked in or even literally living in the past. And so mindfulness allows us to then be present. And if we can do that more efficiently and effectively, naturally we can slip into flow states and where we make decisions, when we're creating, when we're presenting. Yeah. So mindfulness. And almost like now, just yeah, letting cool. go, I'm just being with you. Hopefully, I'm entering and slipping into a flow state as I'm interacting with you. <laughs> I <laughs> yeah. think you've been in flow, honey. It's been a pleasure speaking with you. Thank you for joining us. And we wish you all the best with the Mindful Village. Thank you very much, Michelle. Appreciate it. He's Lim Han Yi, founder of The Mindful Village. You can find him at themindfulvillage.net. This is Money Me. Before acting on the information on Money FM, please consider if it's suitable for your own investment objectives, financial situation, and risk tolerance. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download our audio app. That's A-W-E-D-I-O. Available on Google Play or the App Store.